fired. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, I just do that to sink, sink it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But how are you doing? <laughs> Good. How, how far do we want to get? Because I'll, I'll talk about, like, bitches, faggots, beaners. Like, Dude. <laughs> and by bitches, I mean vegans. And, and by faggots, I mean vegans. And, and by beaners, I also mean vegans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bean is... Uh... <laughs> Fucking bean. Is animal friendly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, uh, that's what that's what the p- few people who listen to this podcast—that's what they're here for. They want to hear some crazy shit. <laughs> that's why, like, I don't know. That's why the first video episode I had Colin on, I was like, they're gonna hear. Some yeah, shit. yeah, that that just primes the fucking. <laughs> I, like, um, I want people to know what this is about. I always appreciate when Colin and I are on the same show because I'm like, okay, my shit is not gonna be near as shocking as as it normally is. But, yeah. Uh, Oh. oh, so let me just really quickly say to any vegans that might be like, fuck you, I meant that shit. <laughs> yeah, vegans are gay. Yeah. My dad was a vegan for a while. He was super gay. Actually, it was a medical condition. He couldn't afford the penis reduction surgery. So like... Yeah, well, they do say if you, uh, if you, have you seen the South Park episode where one of them, like, becomes vegan and they're like, dude, you can't, you're going to turn into a pussy. Oh, when he starts growing the vaginas. Yes, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Oh my! It, I love South Park, but they got the faggot episode wrong because they should have put that on vegans instead of bikers. <laughs> I love the biker one because the bike it was fucking my, good. My dad and my brother both drive Harleys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess ride is the word, not drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I showed that to them immediately. Oh, when I got into, re- I, mean, I got a lot of friends who were X one percenters just get into recovery. Like uh-huh. the first meeting I ever went to was full of fucking X one percenters and shit, and I was like, I because. I, I was a gang member, and that was some of the people we hated, and they hated us. I was like, I was shocked that they were accepting, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna talk more about that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just riffing. Tell, also, take this where you want to go. Gonna flip the Can camera. I play with I'll, your nuts? I'll, yes. You. <laughs> I'm looking at Drew's nuts. God, I'm horrid. I'm a fucking hack. Sorry. Oh, that that's cool. Up. Now we can see ourselves. Yeah, now, we now can I can see how fat I look. I just want to know that we're actually both getting into the shot well. <laughs> the tattoo says daddy. It actually says chub daddy, and I got that before I knew that was a gay thing, but I'm probably a little bit gay. So it's, How long ago did you get that tattoo? Fuck, it was forever ago. I picked up a name in recovery. I, it was... Uh, I I used to always say want to see my chubby and uh-huh. just like a stupid catchphrase way before I was doing comedy and uh, one night I dropped trowel on these girls that were staring at us at a village in parking lot so they started calling me chubby and chubs and chub daddy after that I was actually skinny when they started calling me that so <laughs> I had this chub daddy tattoo and I'd be driving lift and gay dudes would hit on me I'm working into and I was like why I, like am I putting off a vibe. But I'm also Buddhist, and I had the Buddhist flag on the dash, and it looks a lot like the gay pride flag. So I was just advertising, because my body type by that time, being overweight, would be Chub Daddy in the gay community. <laughs> I had no, and uh, So I got Chub Daddy tattooed on my arm, and what they think is a gay pride flag on the dashboard. Like, dudes would literally invite me in. 
One dude gave me an massage one night dude, while I was driving, and it was fucking good. I almost lost <laughs> his dick, for real. When he invited me, and I was like, I might go. Dude, being gay has to be wild, because dudes are just going for it all the time. Like, there's this no... Thing, they're as aggressive as we are. I actually asked a buddy of mine, I was like, dude, am I putting off a gay vibe? He's like, what do you mean? And I was telling him, these gay dudes keep hitting on me before I figured Whoa. this shit out. And he was like, dude, they're guys like us. They they hit on you aggressively. It ain't going to be like a female trying well, to let you know she's interested. That's what I... The thing is, like, a chick will, like, like, if a chick is, like, aggressively, like, pursuing a dude. Yeah. Like, she kind of has some reinforcement because she probably rarely gets turned down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, she has a high batting average. Yeah. Compared to, like, a dude who's, like, going after chicks. But then, like, if you're a gay dude and you're going after other gay dudes, you're probably batting, like, 100. Like, you're... (laughs) you're (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know how... I, it was cool though. I drove a lot of gay dudes that were uh, like to like bars and shit. They just like us. Like they, well, they no, talk besides shit. Besides the fact that they're going to hell, but that's yeah, like- yeah, yeah, for sure. But no, I was. Uh, it was because we got in a debate in the car one night about because you know the bottoms and the tops, and one dude said he would never take a penis. He's gay. Never take a penis. It wouldn't let anybody finger him. And I was like, bro, you've never had your prostate milk. Like I was the. Straight dude, mostly straight, I guess, but I'm the straight dude telling this dude, no, you got to take a finger up the ass. You got to get your prostate milk. It's beautiful. <laughs> nah, dude, I wouldn't, I'd never let that happen. <laughs> dude, you say that. All I'm saying is this. If if, I, if it were someone to ever, like, lube up and slip it in and do it, you would be like, oh, my God. Like... <laughs> That's what people say. But you'd like, be like, call me gay. There's just something. I almost... I almost, my wife was, like, joking and, like, put her, like, hand near my ass and, yeah. like, I almost broke her wrist. Bro, like, I was I, like that for years. Like, I got, I got those quick reflexes to defend my booty hole. That's not, like, I don't play it around. It was actually my third wife actually allowed her to, and I was like, oh, my God, I've been missing out all these years. <laughs> Holy shit. Ah, uh, jeez. So... It's kind of like don't be dirtier than the opener. Where do we go from here? <laughs> don't be dirtier than the opener. Yeah, we just we just shot our load. Yeah, well, we were talking already. about like, Colin having him. On oh shows yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It is. It's a nice. It's a nice buffer because sometimes my shit for an audience that's not used to me is way too yeah out there, and Colin makes me look like fucking G rated sometimes. Well, that's uh, we did. What was that show about time with Buck saying? Yeah, like uh, yeah, the, the charity show. Yeah, yeah, that was I awesome. was like, dude, that was a fun show. But like, I wasn't even worried a little bit because I was like, mm-hmm. Colin's following me. So, yeah, like if they don't, yep. like if they think I'm an asshole, they're I can't not remember where think I was. I think you were both after me, but I had that in. Uh, I know we're all three towards the end, but I had it in my head like, okay, fuck, Colin's got my back. <laughs> I love that motherfucker too. He is so oh, fucking dude. hilarious, man. Colin is a great dude. Yeah, like he's a. Like, he is, there's a very few, like, genuine people in comedy, because, like, yeah, you're right. there's a lot of people who are, like, doing it for the wrong reasons. Lots of people who have, like, personality crisis, and that's why they're doing comedy. Or there's a lot of people that their comedy personality is not the real person. Yeah. And, like, Colin come across as abrasive and racist and all that good shit, but the, the actual core personality is oh, fucking yeah. Colin. Well, and the thing like, is, like... He's just a genuine... And all dude. the stuff where anyone could be like, he's racist, like, he's always going for a joke. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, he's he doesn't have, like, bad intent in him at all. Anybody, 
The only people that think Colin is really racist is, is white people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's always the motherfuckers calling him. It's the same bitch. I, I got a, a bit that I do, and, and there's some Spanish words in it. And, and one of them, though, I won't go through the thing, but it's like uh, uh, Los Gallos Negros Grande, and it means big black roosters, but it can uh-huh. be translated to big black cocks. And I don't even do that. But I got white boys in the feed all the time talking about, he said the N word twice in Spanish. It's like, bitch, learn Spanish, because that is not the N word. <laughs> I would have said my out there. If I was trying to say the N-word in Spanish, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, that's that not the word I didn't even know there is one in Spanish. That, my auntie is weird. It's, um, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, but my dad did. But uh, it's, uh, it, it's a slur that, like, uh, they use it mostly for black people, but sometimes they use it for homosexuals, I guess. Okay. I didn't know that shit, because that was always Joto. Joto, yeah. So, I, like I said, I was in Guatemala. And so my favorite thing in Guatemala, I learned how to say fag in every single country because every country has its own word. <laughs> yeah. So in Guatemala, it's hueco. In Mexico, it's hoto. Yeah. In uh, El Salvador, it's pipion. Um, oh, man, why did I figure out the one in Nicaragua? I knew them, like, every Spanish country, I knew how to call someone a fag. How different every... are the different countries, like, because um, we were, like, I did a thing where we were translating recovery literature. Uh-huh. And, uh, Man, some Cubans translated some shit. Oh, and, dude, if you're, yeah. Yeah, and there was motherfuckers in South America that was like, yo, we get the gist of this, even with some of the Mexicans, but we get the gist of this, but there's certain words we don't even know what the fuck they mean. Yeah. Now, if you, especially get those, like, Caribbean countries, like the Dominican or, like, Cuba, it's... Oh, it gets oh, really oh. different. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like, if you go from, like, Mexico to Guatemala, it's, like, something pretty similar. It's, it's but, weird, because even, like, the, the Castilian Spanish and the Mexican Spanish... Supposedly, they can understand each other and communicate, but that shit, to me, when I hear people speaking Castilian, it almost sounds Germanic, like yeah. motherfuckers from Spain. I'm like, that don't even sound like a Latino-type language. Yeah, it's definitely, like, as someone who, like, speaks as a second language, it's pretty hard for me. Like, if I'm hearing someone who's not from, like, Central America, yeah, I, I have to, like, pay extra attention while I'm listening to them. But, like, if I'm listening to someone from Guatemala, I'm like, oh, this is... As easy as, like, English for me, almost. But, like, if it's someone from, like, I don't know, Argentina, have you heard them? They, they hey, I speak, got a buddy they, from Argentina. They speak pretty wild. I thought this cat was, like, mentally deranged because he, he didn't have an accent, but he didn't, he was, I didn't know English wasn't his first language. Uh-huh. So <laughs> he just, he, just he, was, he spoke he with a weird cadence. He was like, <laughs> hey, dude, bro, what's up, man? It was so fucking he just awkward. thought he was retarded. Yeah, yeah. I thought, man, something ain't right in this motherfucker's head. Then I found out that, yeah, he, it, that English was his second language. I was like, oh, he just, he trying to do slang and shit, and he just, he speaks it. <laughs> oh, he's not retarded. He's just an immigrant. He was actually, he was actually really fucking smart. Shout out Marcus Uboldi. I think he's a therapist now. But, uh, yeah, he's a cool cat. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, last night I followed you at Wise Guys. What's that? I followed you last night at Wise Guys. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was fun. I've, I have not felt comfortable on stage for a few months, and last night I felt really good, so. It's weird, that Wise Guys stage, the big room, I, that's where I always feel the most comfortable, and that used to be my worst that's the stage where I had my worst bomb of all time. And really? It took me forever. Like, I would intentionally get on the Wednesday mic whenever I could to overcome the fucking fear of that stage. Because it was, it was... Dude, I'm still, like, standby listing it every week trying to get on. 
you t- do you put in the emails the like if you just politely say the last time you were on the list? Yeah, I tell them. So like, I get on the list like once a month. That's yeah. That's about the amount. Of, that's about how often they'll get you on. But until once, yeah, I'm waiting to get to the point where I'm a the regular. Regular. That's what that's what I'm working for. I'm a. Spending a lot of time there. I'm uh, on the yeah. weekends. I'm hanging out there. It took forever, so. and I, once I started thinking, like um, every time I started, they put me on two or three times in a row, and I started thinking, oh yeah, this is it. And then I wouldn't get on for two or three weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm just like waiting for the next. I think it was when I started. Um, Keith and I started running into the uh, owner for people who don't know of wise guys running into each other at this convenience store we went to every morning. And, oh, okay. And then once in a while, if he'd say you're coming to Wednesday, I'd be like, I'd have to choose between Tuesday and Wednesday at the time, and I'd be like, uh-huh. I don't know which one I'm doing because I haven't. He'd be like, I'll make sure you get on the list, and and he started, and then I think because he's not the one who does the list. Uh-huh. But, Every time no, he would, every time he would put me on the next week, I, yeah, I, the next week I get rejected, and uh, so one time I just ate the rejection without having Keith step in, and after that it's been every time I was, I think she was just testing me to like, okay, when are you not going to go over my head or whatever? It was, wasn't what I was trying to yeah, do. It's yeah. just Keith that offers, and it's like, hell yeah, I want to do Wednesday. That's the shit, <laughs> dude. The Wednesday mic is the shit. That's, That's incredible. A, I mean, it's the best. Way to test your jokes to know like what's working. Yeah, what's not it's, working. A, it's a real honest. Last night the audience seemed a little bit um, easy, but at the same yeah. time, if you got a stinker, it's still you yeah. just adjust. If you get chuckles on a joke that should be killing with an audience like that, then you know something's off with the yeah. movie. Or, no, I yeah. felt yeah, I felt like a killer last night. Was, yeah, last night <laughs> was I did until I fucked up in uh, because the whole reason I was doing that bit is I don't have it committed to memory. I want to do it on the Sunday show. This yeah. Week. And I fucked up because I riffed for a full minute at the beginning. I was trying to rush, and I lost my fucking spot. When I had to go back to those notes, it killed my momentum. So, like, there was a part that usually kills, and it got, like, real, real moderate laugh. I finally managed to get a laugh by the end, and I was like... And I knew I was going to have to cut the bit short because I yeah, riffed too much. That's the worst. Well, I, I don't mind when it's the week leading up to a Sunday special because if I have to quit in the middle of the bit, I just hold up the tickets and be like, you want to hear the rest of this joke? Come Sunday. You just promo this <laughs> shit with it. But, yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, dude, how long have you been doing stand-up now? It's kind of weird. I, I, I started, the, I did two mics at the end of 2018 and then, or 2019. And then, um, January 1st, 2020 was the bomb I was talking. I didn't know I bombed my first two mics because I was getting them courtesy laughs. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it was Did you say it was your first time? Um, I, the very first time I went up, I didn't because here's, here's in my delusional mind, bro. I was uh-huh. going to go up and fucking murder, man. Dude, everyone And thinks. I wasn't going to take my, and they were going to be like, dude, you're so good. Where you been? And I'd be like, this is my first time, bitches. And uh, <laughs> that's the opposite of how it went. I went up 30, and I wasn't going to use notes because... God damn it, I'm the man. Dude. And I had to go back to my table 30 seconds in to get the notes. It was fucking... And I still thought I did well. But my third mic, I was just going to scope out a Wednesday. And they were like, hey, you get on a standby list. It's free. I already paid online. Uh-huh. But I was like, it was this stupid street pride. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going up. So I put my name on the standby. Roddy Norman was running it. And uh, he was he just mixed the standby in like they did last night. They very yeah. rarely do that. He just and all of a sudden, I'm going up earlier than I thought. I thought maybe I don't get on at all. And I, instead of doing the shit I'd been doing, took up new material 
um, that wasn't worked out yet with the notes that I was just kind of riffing. And it was some shit about white people um, inventing people of color. Because I'm around in the 90s. That shit didn't fly the first time they tried it. <laughs> motherfucker was like, well, well, I remember why first, are you calling us colored people, motherfucker? Well, it first tried to be like African-American. Yeah. Like, don't say black. Yeah. It's like... White people, I like. I was homeless for four and a half years. The most insulting thing anybody ever called me was unhoused, and I'm going. You know, <laughs> again, this ain't gay people. I'm just going. I know some white liberal faggot in San Francisco made up that fucking term to because he thinks he need to say, save oh, the world. I'm homeless. What? Unhoused. what the fuck is that? Quinn Johnson had a great bit about that. He's like, it's actually unhoused. He's like, it's not homeless anymore. He's like, so I went up to a homeless person and I was like, hey, good news, you're not homeless anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking good. I like that. But yeah, I just did this shit. But yeah, I did this bullshit up there and I'm not thinking like, okay, they can't, they ain't seen my family portrait and the, all everything is in there. They just looking at this bald headed white skinhead looking motherfucker, and I'm up there sounding like an absolute racist <laughs> with some shit that's not what make dude. It was like, it was that no, no groans, just fucking silence, man. There might have been a couple chuckles that I don't remember, but it was fucking silence, and I knew, and it was so bad, like it was one of those bombs that's so bad to other comics. It was too cringe for them to look you in the eye. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Rod, Rodney Norman didn't even make eye contact, and he'll usually roast your ass after you. <laughs> he didn't even make, and I'm sure he doesn't remember that. It was my third time ever on stage, so then I like um, sometimes I couldn't afford to go because I was like doing the fucking DoorDash and shit, living in the Damn, car. Damn, dude, I don't, I don't think I've bombed that hard. No, I yeah, I, I did. Bombed. It's the worst I bombed. I've bombed far. pretty hard. Yeah, but I, no, Dude. yeah, it, it's it, it's good to get out the way early, but then I went a few months sometimes because I couldn't go and let me write something down, like work a bit uh-huh. real solid, and and uh, by the time I was ready to go back, fucking COVID hit, and then oh, Wise Guys opened a month later. I didn't know it. I sat out for eighteen months because I'm listening to National Comics on a podcast talking about everything shut down. Oh, I dude. sat out for 18 fucking months after that bomb. It was fucking horrible. So I didn't come back till like, oh, this was a simple question, how long you've been doing this. I didn't come back till like June of, uh, what, 2021, whatever. Yeah. Wow. It was fucked up. So that's that, I don't know that's like two months before I moved here. That's how long I've been doing comedy is long, but not long. <laughs> yeah. Nah, dude, that's uh, that's a rough bomb, though. I, Yo, uh, was, yeah, I'm I'm real glad I had the experience now because nothing. That's about as bad as you can bomb. Other than dude, if I was to do that for like 20, I, 30 minutes, but I had the probably my worst bomb ever was like my fourth time ever doing stand up. Yeah, that was and my third. it was at the at the Wednesday open mic at the local club uh, up in Washington, and this time my dad came. And uh, brought a buddy of his. And so, like, one of his good friends came with him, too. And, like, we're going to watch my son do comedy. And, like, my second... uh, So, my first time ever on stage wasn't that great. My second time ever, I got a pretty decent amount of laughs. I was like, oh, shit, I'm pretty good. And so, uh, I told my dad... I Well, I showed him the video, too. And he was like, oh, that's not bad. And so, I was like the shit like i thought i was so good that's, that's where and i was after the second time thinking dude, i was the man i'm gonna come in and oh like, my dad's coming and i'm just gonna kill in front of him like it's gonna be the coolest thing ever and i bombed so hard and they do four minutes at this club instead yeah. of three minutes 
And so the whole four minutes, I'm just drowning the whole time. And then I get off stage to like, like no one barely even applauded. Yeah, that's, and that was mine. I, <laughs> and then I got to sit down next to my dad <laughs> and be like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and then sit through the rest of the open mic. Oh, that was the hardest thing for me was watching everybody else and just like, just so fucking embarrassed, man. But yeah, that was on that big stage at Wise Guys. It was the first time I was on it. That's why that fucking terrified me, that stage for so long. Because... I just, it was like, even if I, I did well that night, there was still that negative association with it. it was yeah. Like For the longest time, I only did open mics at the comedy club up in Washington. Yeah. Like, the idea of going to, like, a bar or anything, like, to practice, like, was bizarre to me. Until, like, I really got in the mindset that I wanted to get good at this. And yeah. then, like, then you have to go to every time mic you can and... Just work your ass off and try to build your act. Like, you can't get good just going once a week. No, you can't. And so, but, like, the first six months I did stand-up, I only went, like, once a week. I think maybe when I came back for a couple, because at first you don't even know there's anything but wise guys. Yeah. It might have been a month or two. I don't know if it was two months and it was, uh, I just kind of forced myself, because I knew it would be a different experience. I knew these bar mics were going to be, like, just comics. Dude, they're rough. Or maybe four people. And, yeah, that was... But that, I remember hearing Bill Burr talk about it took him 30 or 40 times to not be terrified going on stage or something like that. And I thought it won't take it because I never had stage fright before comedy and I'd done a lot of on stage shit. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it won't take that long for me. And it was, I think, my 39th time before I actually felt comfortable at all on the fucking stage doing comedy. Jeez. Yeah, that's, uh, do you keep track of how many times you go off? Not anymore, but I used to, and I used to fucking grade each one, like, oh, okay, really? this one was better than this one, I'd have, and I finally got, we were doing, like, open mics every night, it got to a point where it was like, fuck, I, yeah, I can't keep I'm trying to just get there. on stage as much as possible, so I keep track, I write the venue, and how many minutes I did, what? and and the date, uh, so I, like, know how many times I went on stage for the whole year. One thing I do track when I'm doing a lot of open mics is, um, I guess I could count it when I'm writing everything, but I'll write down the, the bits that I do at each open mic because okay. the idea is um, I wanna, you want to practice bits over and over, but if it's the same audience every week, you don't know how well you're tweaking this if you can't gauge an audience response. Yeah. So I would try and switch up. if Back when Athena's was open, like if I did this bit at Athena's, I, I can mic. do it again at cafe on first shit like that and i would just rotate shit around yeah. so that i wasn't doing the same shit for the same audiences but still being able to practice everything but the, so i'm gonna start hitting a lot right now but moving from my car into a place and wrecking my vehicle and all that shit i've been doing just like the wise guys mics for a couple months now so i need to other than cafe on first once in a while yeah well they've cut down a lot of mics like athena's is gone athena's they're at uh the alliance theater now yeah i just got the text this week <clears throat> yeah um and then there was Improv Broadway here in Provo, which you never went to. But I was about to come to that just because I wanted to see the looks on motherfuckers' faces <laughs> when I came in and worked that degree of clean. And uh, yeah, then it went away. I don't like, think God, you could do it. I've never seen you. I've worked. I, I do work clean when I have to. But um, I know that's next level clean. But yeah. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I have bits that. I just. I want, some of my bits people don't know they're not dirty because. Of who I am, and because I say motherfucker a lot when I talk. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, you know, if I just cut out the way I normally talk and be conscious of not using, 
I guess filler words, but it's it's not really for the stage. It's that's just a, how I talk when I'm talking to people. That's the thing. All of my material is uh, technically clean. Like I don't really. You're right. I never thought of that. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows that. <coughs> but like, I've uh, I can, I sometimes swear on stage, but like if I take out all the swear yeah, words, this one, yeah, I can, like, cause I don't I don't make like, I don't make sex jokes, and so but like. Here's the thing, like, is a school shooting joke clean? It's probably no, not. No, no, it's not. But <laughs> so, yeah, you're right, yeah. But, but like, I, I don't swear, I don't make sex jokes, and I feel like in Utah, at least, that's kind of the standard for clean. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, too, because people, like, even in comedy in general, when they say PG-13, that's the, the first time I heard PG-13, they're like, oh, so I can say fuck one time and just don't talk about sex and maybe yeah, titties. Say shit. And, and, yeah, and they're like, no, no, you can't say fuck at all. Like, that's not PG-13. That's yeah, PG-13. you're allowed one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> PG-13 movies you can actually one show fuck, your dick for two one, seconds. One titty shot. Really <laughs> and it's like, so, yeah, I can talk about titties once and say fuck once. No, I don't think I have titty jokes, but I should. I'm not above that. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into uh, the Let's Get Fired part Fuck of yeah. the Let's Get Fired podcast. Let's get fired, bitches. Dude, so uh, have you ever been fired from a job before? Technically, not the fired, fired, but I was one time. They lied to you guys. I was, uh, it was cool. The job title was stripper, but it's because I was stripping furniture for reupholstery. <laughs> and uh, the motherfucker I worked with, man, he was one of these overzealous motherfuckers that worked too fast. Uh-huh. And I'm like, bitch, you fucking us up. You need to slow down. Like, it was a quote-unquote temp job. But um, one day I was moving a finished couch for him, and I accidentally hit the back of one of the other couches. They just finished, and it tore a big hole in the fabric. Oh, jeez. And I got laid off the next day, and I was like, bro, you can just tell me because I fucked that couch up. He's like, no, we actually laid off Johnny, too. And then Johnny called me drunk like a week later because he was too drunk to drive and needed a ride. And I was drunk too, but I drove him anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then he's like, no, bro, they didn't fire me. They gave me like a raise and shit. I was like, so that's they gave me your salary, yeah, bitch. Pretty much, he did twice the work as I did anyway, so he probably deserved it. But yeah, it was fucking... So you got fired doing upholstery. I got fired doing upholstery, but... Yeah, I've always been laid off, but who knows if I, I probably had some fuck-ups. You know, that's why they were, yeah, fucking fired. So what's the worst job you've ever worked? Jesus Christ, that probably retention for AOL. Retention for AOL? Yeah, I was that motherfucker back in the day. Most of y'all probably be Dude, too young. all I know about AOL is that their chat rooms were filled with pedophiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all I so, know. So, yeah, that was back when you had to dial in your phone and... and uh, they would send out these discs in the mail for a free AOL trial. And then you'd call in to cancel that shit before your free trial ran out. And the uh-huh. motherfucker on the phone would try and talk you into staying. Oh, so that's what you I did. I was that, yeah. I had to did sell. Did you still talk the same way? <laughs> I had to sell. Sh- I did really well with black women. But once they moved me to day, is Hey, this is just how it is. Black women call in at night. And when they moved me to day shift, I, my fucking sales tanked because it was like upper middle class white businessmen and shit and it was like fuck it they didn't want to hear my bullshit and they, they were racist that's what it was but <laughs> no it, it, but the whole job was fucked up <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard a white dude it's like it was racist motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> These motherfuckers, you're trying to sell somebody some shit they already don't want. You're trying to sell it back to them. But it was also a thing where if you hadn't done it too much, they'd just throw you a free month. 
Okay. And so, like, it became a thing where people knew if you get free AOL, free AOL you just call to cancel. They'll throw you a free month on there. But then that shit would run out. It was, it yeah. was a, it, I, that was one of the jobs I dreaded going. I've had a few like that, but I've done so many jobs. But even the physical a labor jobs weren't still as bad do as that. that. I hated that. Yeah, a lot of places still, like, do that strategy, at least. Because, like, I just tried to cancel my HBO Max. Yeah. And they were like, how about half price for three months? Where I was like, deal. Yeah. <laughs> so... Hell yeah! I fuck. Actually, I, I mean, you learn about that shit. If I'm if I am having a problem with a company, I immediately tell them I want to quit transferring to your retention department, uh-huh. or whatever the fuck you call to save our customer department, whatever the fuck yeah. it is, because I don't call it retention anymore. Transfer because those motherfuckers will have more authority to offer you free shit and price reductions and shit. And like, so that sounds like a shitty job though. I remember I worked for Comcast. Yeah. I did tech. I did technical support for Comcast, and uh, the retention department was right next to my cubicle. And those dudes look so sad. Yeah, it's, it's like a they miserable look- fucking existence, man. It's like you just getting shit on all. The only people who did really well there and liked it were complete fucking narcissists who had. And here's the other fucked up thing about AOL, and I'll just say because fuck them, um, but they would they tell you all this shit in training. Like you weren't allowed uh-huh. to say shit on the phone that wasn't true. And they tell you all this cool shit in training. I was like, I didn't know how fucking cool AOL was. I didn't know we had all this cool. And then you'd be on the floor telling some people some shit. And some soup would walk up behind you. Hey, who told you to say that? Motherfucker, you guys did. No, we didn't. We don't have that. It's like, bitch. Like, they they would lie to us about what they had. It was just, AOL was a fucked up company. Overall. Does AOL even still exist? I don't know. Because they shut down a lot of their call centers. Like, well, they bought like HBO and Cinemax. And, oh, really? They bought Time Warner. It, it was so funny because they renamed it AOL Time Warner and the stock tanked. So they took the AOL name off of Time Warner and the stock came back up. So I don't know if they still exist as the parent company or they've changed their name. But Okay, but they still their spirit's still there. Yeah, that's another thing I hate about them motherfuckers because they, they, one of the things they build themselves as is family friendly and we got the best parental controls. And it's like... Do the people calling in know that you're the same motherfucker showing their kids Skinamax at night? Like, why they need the parental controls in the first place? Because you own that company, bitch. Yeah, dude. All these companies are super shady. And they yeah. all, like... They all own, like, companies that, like, are subsidiaries and working in each other's, like, against each other's interests. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking... When I worked for Comcast, I found out... I didn't know Comcast owns Universal. Yeah, I didn't know. And that. so, like, Comcast owns Universal... And, like, so if you, like, get the streaming service, like, Peacock and NBC and Universal, that's all owned by Comcast. Yeah. Uh, that was a sweet part of the job, though. I'd get free tickets every year to Universal Studios in Hollywood. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I've been there that since was I was a kid. Yeah, we went there twice. But, uh, yeah, that job sucked. Um, <laughs> so what's, uh, what's your favorite job you've ever worked? Jesus Christ, does comedy count? We get paid for that technically. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yeah, I was just I don't I didn't even make I, I never even made enough on it when I was living in my car to not have to door dash though. So. Yeah. I uh I mean the most I made was definitely last year. And I think last year I made maybe twelve hundred bucks from comedy. So Nothing. I'm, I'm not trying to big. I made like fifty five hundred last year, and that was insane. It was like really. It'll be years before I do that again. No, it won't. I think I've made like why not eleven hundred. I year. I do feel like this year I'm like not on pace. 
I had a lot of regular gigs last year that got shut down. Yeah. Like the bars aren't even there anymore. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, this year has been rough. I haven't had a lot of bookings, but I'm like, the year's still short. Like, I, yeah, still, yeah, that's true. We're and, still uh, early. Well, like the bar shows actually pick up in the summertime, but they don't usually pay great either. No, that's year. like 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. 50 bucks if you get to be. Some of the ones, like, um, like shout out Marcus Whistler, the, um, and a bag of chips, bearded boombox shit. Some uh-huh. of the ones, like you out of state with them, like uh, Evanston, man. I'm almost mad at that motherfucker didn't take me on the last Evanston trip. <laughs> but no, I went to Evanston and and they tipped the fuck it. They they throw shit in that tip jar. Oh really? Yeah, I think the base was fifty bucks and I walked away with like a hundred just because. And they put us up in free hotel rooms, free meals. Oh, that's like, sick. Yeah, last year I did a gig at a hotel in Washington. And, uh, like, they have a comedy club inside the hotel. And so I got, I featured, uh, so I got a hundred bucks to feature and a free hotel room. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, and the Evanston thing was crazy because the hotel staff treated you like you were fucking rock stars because you just comedians on the road, but they yeah. thought you were some sort of shit. It's like, bitch, <laughs> people barely know my name where I'm from. <laughs> they have no idea. Yeah, that's, but it, it felt good, though. Yeah, that's a fun thing. I mean, I think you were doing a bit about like getting recognized once, but then you yeah. got recognized for being the it, door That was dasher. some true shit. I was door dashing in, in Lehigh, the nice part. Uh-huh. And these three teenage girls came running down the street talking about, can we take a picture with you? And I was like, I'm thinking, Jesus, this is like not only the wrong neighborhood, because I do get recognized in shitty neighborhoods a lot, uh-huh. but like this is not only the wrong neighborhood, this is age inappropriate. Where are these bitches seeing my show? And they were literally on a scavenger hunt with a church group, and they needed a picture with a total stranger. And it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, my ego went from, to, oh, yeah, I'm just a Dude, fucking dumbass. My dash. ego got so high when I first started doing open mics. Yeah, uh, Like, there was this dude who, like, ran, like, a like a bi-monthly, like, showcase. And it was at a piano bar. And it was, like, a pretty nice room. And I didn't get paid to do it. But, mm-hmm. like, it looked like a legit, like, club. Yeah. And sometimes he'd pack it up. And so this was, like, I was six months in, and I was, like, doing his shows, like, once a month. And that's once a month where I can do 15 minutes. And uh, that was, like, so beneficial yeah, when I was shit. starting out. Uh, but, like, people, sometimes he'd pack the place. So, like, people, I remember, like, when Amanda and I first started dating, there were, like, Amanda didn't know how, like, low of an open mic I was. Mm-hmm. Like, she just knew that this guy she's dating is doing mm-hmm. comedy. But, like, I take Amanda out for ice cream. And I remember one time this dude, like, recognized me. He's like, dude, you were so funny. And he's like, your autistic jokes are so funny. And then he had his autistic son right there with the ice cream. He's like, this is my son. He has autism. I thought your jokes were so funny. And I remember, like, Amanda was like, oh, this is cool. Like, Drew's getting first, recognized. Uh, yeah, on a date, that's cool. Because the first time you get recognized oh, dude, is you the best like anyway. A, dude, I feel like... Dude, I'm a fucking baller. Like, yeah, so... I ain't gonna lie. To, I don't count my very first time because I was literally standing out in front of City Limits Tavern next to a poster that had my face on it. <laughs> and this dude walks by, you're the guy on the poster. And uh, But sign up, but there was at a Maverick convenience store one day and this dude in the uh, car next to me rolls down, aren't you that comedian that does wise guys? <laughs> and it was in Utah County. Like, it was technically just over the border. Yeah. I was like... Oh my god! It, yeah, you just don't forget that first time somebody recognizes yeah, the you. The first time for me was at a Jimmy John's, and the dude who was working at Jimmy John's, he was like, "Hey, I saw you at the comedy club. You were good." And I was like, 
It's like, <laughs> it even feels weird dude, for me I to talk like, about the first time I got recognized because, like, bitch, nobody still knows who you are. No, right? no dude, nobody. <laughs> when knows. I was doing music, more people knew dude, who I was. Nobody than, knows who any of us are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got the regulars and wise guys that get to know your name or whatever bar you're doing. Yeah. But you were talking about that 15 minutes you got to do. That was I got shot EK because he started putting me on the Provo Uncensored shows, and it uh-huh. was like that 15 minutes every month was so huge, like for me. It was an ego, but just to be able to run 15 yeah. minutes at a time instead of three or five minutes here. It was... I did that show once, and it was pretty rough. I mean, I had a good set, but the crowd yeah, was talking did. the whole time. So I was supposed to do 20 minutes, I think, I you and did. or 15. I thought you did your full time. I was you, there. you were there. Okay. Well, I did my full time, but... I only did half my material because oh, yeah. I was busy talking to the crowd and trying to come at that one motherfucker. Dude, <laughs> yeah. We should have prepped you for that. None of us thought because that bar is some different type of yeah. shit. Like, well, and the thing is, like, if you're gonna hang out in the back and play pool and talk, whatever, yeah. like, I don't care. Like, you didn't know there was gonna be a comedy show, but the people who come and sit right in front of the stage yeah. to watch the show. And they won't stop talking to their friends. Then go to the fucking back of the and bar. Yeah, EK after that actually started pulling people aside when they were doing that. But that was the thing that was, it was good for me to be new dealing with that. But they're actually fucking listening. That would blow my mind about that bar before they closed. It was like, even the motherfuckers in the back playing pool. Or you got the people sitting at the bar, which is in the back yeah. and facing the wrong way. And you think none of them are listening. When motherfuckers would come up from the pool table... And drop money in a tip bucket. It was like, oh, this is like them listening to the radio. Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. they're being entertained, but they're doing other shit. They're just listening to us. Yeah, it was some wild shit. But it was. I wish I did that show more because I, like, I I lose my shit. Not like I don't go off on people, but I lose my rhythm real easy at bar shows now if I don't have them engaged because I don't have that regular. Yeah, I've uh, if they're not engaged, I usually don't start. Like I do everything I can to get them engaged. Yeah, like so I did. <laughs> I remember I did one of Buck's shows in West Valley at uh, Wingnuts. All oh, the Wingnuts shows were actually good, though. Dude, yeah. he packed those places. Yeah. They were filled up. Yeah, the Buck problem was the lighting sucked. I, and this was the first Wingnuts show he ever put on. Okay. So this was like, I think he was still like testing the waters. And like four comics went on before me. And they all bombed. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but like they all bombed. I will. It was, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't even know who the fuck they were. <laughs> If I told you the names, you'd be like, "That checks out." Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, and I don't, I don't shit talk other comics. Like you know, what yeah. I, mean? I really don't. It's, I think it's some fucked up shit. Like, like you never, like how you're not telling you wouldn't. I don't think you would tell me those names off the air. But if you did, it wouldn't be like shit talking them because it's no. just motherfuckers who ain't good. So, shit talk. and uh, one of them isn't bad. One of the dudes who bombed, uh, but he just didn't have the confidence to try to like get the crowd yeah. under control because. What happened is the first, like, two rows of people are, like, paying attention. Then you get in the back, and it was, like, tables. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, tables of all women just talking in the yeah. back. And I was like, no one, like, told them to shut up. And so, like, I start my set aggressively going after the back of the room. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you guys paid money to come in here yeah. to watch a comedy show, and you're not watching it. And then they keep talking, and I was like, hey shut the fuck up and i like i just went after them so hard that like i could see buck getting like nervous because like yeah. i was being but uh i pulled them back and i had a pretty good set but like i would have 
ate a bag of dicks mm-hmm. if I didn't address that they weren't paying attention. Right. I don't know if this... I saw some crazy... And I, I used it. I was on uh, that Bar Name Sue show one time. And they... It might as well have been an open mic because as comics came in, they just started putting people on the showcase that wanted to be on. Uh-huh. It was like... Well, yeah, but it was... Bar Name Sue, if you ever done that to one down on state, it's... um. It's not set up for comedy, like, and most of them don't know there's gonna be a comedy show there that night, and like the the first table is so far back from the stage, and there's only a couple tables that are situated to even be looking at you, and yeah. they're all talking. It's it's loud, and I see E K walk in the back of the room before the show, like listening to shit, like listening to the speakers. I'm like, what the fuck? He goes up, man. And they're like, uh, people would either talk to the couple tables that were listening uh-huh. or they'd try and shout down the crowd. Nobody did what you did, and, and that probably would have worked too. But he, <laughs> but they'd try and talk over the crowd or get real loud. And yeah. he went up there and he stood there for like 15 seconds and smiled. Like just this shitty and grin. It was in silence. And all of a sudden, the room went dead silent. And he had them the whole fucking time. Oh, really? I was like up two after him. I did the same shit, but it only took about seven or eight seconds. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a neat little trick. When they talk and just sit there for a minute, and they're like, why this motherfucker sitting there? It was cool. I don't know that it means anything. It was just... Yeah, that's a cool trick. Let's get fired. Fuck, we supposed to be talking yeah, yeah, mad we're talking shit. Yeah, we talk about your job. We're talking about tame what's the, what's comedy the... shit, and we should be... Yeah, but oh, I have an idea that I want to throw out there, though. Uh, something that does make me cringe is like at an open mic... If you're at, like, a bar or something, and, like, the people at the bar didn't know there was going to be comedy, I don't blame them at all. Oh, no, for no, no, for real. And I've seen comedians go after people at the bar and be like, hey, shut the fuck up. And that makes me cringe every time. I used to hate following Dario. I love you, Dario, but I used to hate following <laughs> Dario at the Ice House when it was open. Uh-huh. And this ain't the Ice House in LA. This was a shitty bar in Utah that's still there. But they don't hold comedy there anymore, so fuck them. But um, Dario does the crowd work, and he shits uh-huh. on people. And I'm like, this motherfucker's gonna walk half this crowd or have them hostile because they don't know there's gonna be comedy there. And he's shitting on the people. And I'm like... I'm like, no, just let me go up before Dario. Yeah, crowd work is rough for no Dario was so good at crowd work, too, but I was like, he's just going to piss these people off because they don't even know they're here. Sometimes you get them, but it's like, oh, shit, no. He's going to have them hostile before I even get so, on stage. We've just been talking about comedy, though. Uh, what's your best job? My best job? Yeah. See, that's, uh, I've had some I've, I've liked. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're talking about, I said, does comedy count? <laughs> uh, if comedy counts, it's definitely comedy, but until I can support myself exclusively with that, then I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't think that counts. Um, I was a lifeguard for a summer at Raging Waters. That was It paid shit, but that was fucking fun. Did we just kill something on the computer? Nah, dude, ESPN just wanted oh. to give me a notice, and I don't have my notifications. Like we ran out of a battery or some shit. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Um... I played poker for a little while, real low level, but it got me by. That was, but you quit loving shit like that when you have to do it. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, it, I I just didn't love it. Like I when I was supplementing my income in like illegal games here, but when I moved to Nevada and started doing it exclusively, it, there was a suck factor to it. Um, fuck, dude, I've had so many fucking jobs. I'm 50 years old and I've never had a 
career. Probably some of the shit I've done, believe it or not, because I would. I, it's obvious I was probably in trouble as a juvenile. Uh-huh. But the worst thing I've had a, as an adult is an investigation for aggravated assault, and there was no conviction or court case. It's just, I mean, I did this shit. The statute of limitations is up, so fuck it. But, <laughs> but so I don't have anything on my record. So I, I've worked a lot of jobs with, um, like, like youth corrections. Now it's called juvenile justice uh-huh. or private subcontractors. And those jobs are cool, but they're very, you burn out on them too. They're very demanding. Yeah. So it'd be tough to pick. If I had to pick just a favorite, probably when I was a teenager, working at Raging Waters, you know, sometimes a girl come down the slide Dude, and titties would pop out. That was nice. Dude, that's a bummer. That's been all downhill from there. <laughs> oh, shit. That's life, man. It's, it's just, uh, no, it, I've had some, most of the jobs I've had, I've not minded. It's like, I don't know. Not working is always better than working. <laughs> Unless it's comedy. Like, when you do a comedy, you're getting paid to do some shit you would do for free. Yeah, that you is the thing. Mean? Like That is the thing. You don't have to pay me to go to an open mic. And then if you, I get to do a show in front of, like, an actual audience and I get paid to do it. That's... Yeah, there's certain... I, but you, I mean, it's, like, it's weird because you know you would do shit for free, but you got to still value yourself. And it's like... Yeah. Okay, there's... I'll do the charity shows for free for sure. Um, it once if it's there's certain exceptions, but most of the time it's like no, I gotta get paid. Yeah, paid a certain amount. But even now I'm so low level. Like a fifty dollar show is nice. I think the most I've ever made in one show is like three hundred. What's the What's the worst thing you've ever done on the clock? Like the I heard words? you ask this. Because to, I ask everyone this. Um, I everybody's jerked off on the clock. I've done that. Um, I uh, I've had sex in the office. Uh, this hasn't been since I was before I got clean. I've been clean since I was 24 years old. I'm almost 51, but um, man, I fucking used to steal crazy shit. <laughs> Everybody, so check it. There was this when I was working for. I'll just say it. Fuck it. I was working for Genesis. It was this youth program at the point of the mountain. It used to be first. It was the women's facility, like an actual prison. Uh-huh. And then it was the firefighters, the flaming ghosts, the dudes that they send out to fight forest fires. Uh-huh. Eventually, they turned it into a work camp where they put motherfuckers in there and take them out in the community on work projects and shit. Uh-huh. It was either front-end kids or back-end kids coming out of secure care. And uh, there was a closet. Like, a lot of us was ex-gang members and shit like that. So, they'd have, like, the fucking uh, Chuck Taylor. Not Chuck Taylor. Uh, Bob Barker jackets and shit. To, <laughs> and, uh, like, my first time taking kids on a work crew, I wasn't wearing their same shit. But I was dressed so similar it was at Tracy Aviary in Salt Lake, and when this bitch walks up and starts telling me, like, cleaning up the bird shit over here, and I was like, the fucking staff got to do this, too? She said, oh, shit, I thought you was one of the kids. Because I was, like, probably 21 years old and looking like these motherfuckers. But, uh, yeah, we used to, there was the supply closet with all the clothes. Uh-huh. The, the dude had the key, and he would let us in there at night, and we would just clean that motherfucker out and steal all the shit. And then when they took the key away from him, because they figured out what was going on, we Ooh, just figured wait, out how to jimmy that, that you lock. Wanted? Like the jackets, the fucking, uh, they was they was Bob Barker pants, but they were, they was Dickie-type pants. Like, Dickie's was the brand, uh-huh. but... Yeah, they just had, they had uh, imitation Chuck Taylor shoes. The same thing. I think they were Bob Barker's, but they looked like the old canvas Chuck Taylors. Uh-huh. We robbed the fuck out that place, man. <laughs> so that's probably the worst thing I've done is stealing from work. Even though you always put on them questionnaires, you never stole from work. But when I was, before I got before I got clean, but yeah, now I don't shit where I eat. But you know, I haven't had sex in the office. When I was doing real estate for a while. I fucked in the office. They probably had cameras, and I didn't know it, but... 
especially with all them computers in there. Dude, that's wild. Uh, you getting confused though for like one of the kids? Oh, dude, I had a it's like a it's kind of similar but different. So like a month ago, I was like having heart pains. And I was like, what's going on with me? And right now I don't have health insurance. Yeah. So I went to the free volunteer clinic. Yeah, you uh, like that. The, yeah, yeah, the they thought, yeah, they thought, they, they was like, where's yeah. the patient? Dude, I get in there <laughs> and I'm the only white dude. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess yeah. I'm doing this. Uh, so then I, uh, they bring me back into the exam room and then I'm waiting for the doctor to come in. The doctor comes in, looks at me. And it's like, oh, uh, do you have a patient with you? And I was like, dude, I am the patient. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You look like a volunteer. You That's what he said. Spoke to him in Spanish and told him he was only <laughs> half white or something. Man. <laughs> dude, he was like, you look like a volunteer. Is like the most funny racist yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Yo, when I was working for Genesis, we used to use it to our advantage because uh, I mean, I was I'm probably still in the gang file. I don't think they ever, but. I was in the gang file as a kid, but you can get enhanced on certain shit if you have a gang affiliation. Uh And one of the questions when you ask the kids when they come in is, what's your affiliation? And, of course, they always lie and say, I'm not a gang member. So I would they'd leave them sitting in the day room after that questionnaire, and they'd have me walk in because I was close. I mean, I wasn't much older than these motherfuckers. Uh So they'd have me walk in, and I'd just walk in, hey, cuz, where you from? And they'd spit their hood at me. I'd be like, I work here, thanks. <laughs> Put their fucking... It was kind of fucked up. No, <laughs> you just get through <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Serenios 13. Fuck you, SA. <laughs> nah, man, I'm a staff member. We just knew you was lying, bitch. Dude, that's funny. So, wait. So you were in a gang. Have you ever robbed anyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many times? I don't know. Um, you mean like... Uh, like like what, um, mugging or like dude all of it like <laughs> yeah but not for no it'd be usually just be taking shit from white boys just cause you could yeah and like but yeah I stole a bunch of shit from like broken into buildings and shit and uh-huh. there's but st- like mugging too uh... just just like taking shit like, not like big real time it's weird too being a drug addict you would think I would've like Stolen shit from people. Uh-huh. Nah, it just... Dude, uh, that's wild. Yeah, sometimes it'd just be as simple as the motherfucker was... He was a skater, but he was wearing the wrong color rag. And so it's like, give me that, that rag, bitch, type of shit. But, uh-huh. And it just... It just... It was more just when somebody was in the wrong neighborhood and you wanted to fuck with him, so you gotta take something from him just to... <laughs> just because you thought it was funny. Wait, you were born here, right? In yeah. Utah? Yeah, you from out of state. You, yeah, I'm from out of state. I have no bullshit. idea. Utah be selling. No, yeah, it's I, like uh, I grew up in West Nile. They called Rose Park in Glendale when I was real young. We just called it West Side. Okay. Um, I, I grew up in West Nile, Glendale, but we didn't. But then when uh, there was always gangs there, like my grandfather was in a gang. But um, before that shit was even they, before Rose Park even had that name, but. Um, there was always gangs there, but when shit started getting, like, the red and the blue, Rose Park went mostly uh-huh. red, and Glendale went mostly blue, and so then it became Rose Park and Glendale, and it was, okay. like, West Valley. There's, like, yeah, Utah's got... Utah's, I, I knew there was some stuff, because, I don't know if you remember, Spike TV had a show back in the day called Gangland. Yeah, yeah. And they did a segment on Utah. Yeah, the people are always shocked by that, because Utah sell this milk toast image. It, it's weird, because, uh, like... I used to, when, back when I was doing the home games and shit, I was the state director for the Poker Players Alliance. Uh-huh. And 
anytime anything like paramutual betting, like racetracks came up to legalize here, or even the lottery, the church would obviously be against it, but motherfuckers would publish articles in the Deseret News, like op-ed pieces, like, do you really want to have the same crime rate as Las Vegas? And I would always write in, as the director of the Poker Players Alliance, and point out that at that point in time, I don't know what it looks like now, but... Salt Lake and Las Vegas have had identical crime rates for the last 20 years. Are you going to apply that same logic to Mormonism? Like, well, the Mormon hate thing, but it's like, we're known for Mormonism. They're more known for gambling. We got the same crime rate. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. But they would never publish it. It was like, people have this idea. Like, there's been a lot of times people come in from other states and say the wrong shit in the wrong neighborhood and end up way over their head. Like, Yeah, there is some, like, moving to Utah, I was kind of shocked how much... It felt like Washington still. Like, I thought it was going to be like a foreign place when we moved here. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought it was going to feel really weird and foreign to me. Uh, Especially since, like, I went to college in southern Idaho. Yeah. In Rexburg. And so, like, it's all Mormon there. I think Rexburg is how people picture all of Utah. That's what I thought. Yeah, 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 I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> and it's and like, so there's parts of Utah here. that are definitely like that. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> like Salt Lake City, it's got the same crime rate and problems as any other city of that size. Yeah, no, yeah. Salt Lake feels like a real city. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it almost is one. Well, it's crazy, too, because it's like, and I'm, like, I'm not even getting political shit on the show, but it's like... People see, like, Utah's supposed to be this super red state, and they don't realize there's these two little blue dots, Park City and Salt Lake City, that are kind of the opposite of the rest of the state. And it's like, that's even shocking to people when they come here, like, oh, dude. Salt Lake's way more, like, progressive of a city than Spokane, where I came from. Spokane, that is, like, we used to, like, this is when I was, yeah, I'm 51 years old, almost Uh 51, but, like, yeah, like... That was like the word on the street shit. Like when people say Seattle is hard to be, no, Spokane. No, no, is it Spokane or is it the other one? Fuck, what's another hard city by there? Uh, Yakima. No, maybe it is Spokane. There was a city that's uh, is, is by Seattle and I can't remember the fucking name. Tacoma. Tacoma, Tacoma. They'd be like, nah, motherfucker, Tacoma. That's like, <laughs> is Tacoma like that or is that just some. Yeah, Tacoma's like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Tacoma, you don't want to fuck around there. No, dude, we were, I remember in high school, we went to football camp, right? And uh, we, fo- football camp, there'd be other high schools there. And so it wasn't just our high school. And our high school, like, I think we had like four black dudes and then like a couple like Tongans, and that was it. We, like, show up, and then we're scrimmaging against a school from Tacoma. All black dudes. Yeah. Like, and we were in awe. Like, we never, like, we never seen anything like that before. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, this is, like, way up. It was just football. I was, like, I think it's sophomore football. South High, they closed that shit down now. But uh, it was, uh, our team, I think, was mostly, I don't know, as a lot of the starters would have been Tongan, but Springville yeah. was good that year. And Springville is a, a white town, like, and man, they like them white boys was so big. Like, even Polynesians, they ain't afraid of nothing. Like, yeah, we got off the bus, and and the Tongan dudes was like, my God, look at these corn fed white boys. They was <laughs> they was in awe of the white dudes in Springville because they were so fucking big. Yeah, dude, we were to the opposite. We were just a bunch of like suburb white kids from Spokane, and we see. The school from Tacoma, and we were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, I think like when we scrimmaged them, like they weren't that much better than us. But like, if you're like a kid from like a suburb that's like majority white, 
and then you see a school that's all black kids, like, you instantly are like, oh, they're going to beat the fuck out of us. Yeah, you feed into the stereotypes (laughs) of the shit you've seen in the movies. Yeah, then we played them, and we're like, oh, they're not that much better than us. But, like, at the time, we were like... We were, like, getting nervous before the scrimmage. It was crazy, too. Like, um, I don't even know if it's still like this, but it's 10, 20 years ago, Provo, the basketball program was so... It was all white boys, for the most part, but it's like their basketball program was so deep, you better start as a kid. And yeah. And, yeah, they were good as fuck, and it was just... It was yeah, just they're still... Took basketball serious. Yeah, there's a bunch of... It's because... All the Mormon churches have a basketball that's court. That's true, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Hey, the neighborhood I grew up in, it didn't matter if he was Mormon or not, everybody played on that fucking church league. Yeah. And those things were brutal. Like, that Like that was the, that was the roughest basketball. <laughs> like, it was rougher than the playground. Like, and the refs were, I mean, they just regular. Like, we would have a bit, like, can you foul out? Yeah. But it couldn't be on two technicals. You had to, and it was so hard to foul out of a fucking game. <laughs> I was tackling motherfuckers, but then I'd pick up a technical for doing that and it wouldn't count. So I couldn't, like, I don't think I ever was able to foul out. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember one year, this was in Washington. They had the church leagues up there too. Yeah. And uh, they canceled it one season because the brawl broke yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Pretty- yeah. And- I'm telling you, the Mormon church is no fucking joke. They fight over this. It's yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. No, like, uh, it doesn't make sense that, like, BYU has a Division One basketball team. Like, it doesn't make sense. But then, like, when you kind of, like, look at the culture, like, then it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you think BYU basketball fans or football fans are pretty, no, the basketball fans are. Oh, dude. Yeah, half the I'm football a, fans don't even know the fucking game. The basketball fans are fucking, they're hardcore Dude, I'm a, fans. so I'm a diehard uh, Gonzaga basketball fan. That, 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 yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so Stockton, baby. Stockton, but I mean, I'm from Spokane. That's Gonzaga yeah. is all Spokane. Right. So Gonzaga is in the same conference as BYU. So they come down to Provo once a year. So Amanda and I, we go wearing all of our Gonzaga shit. Yeah. I saw an old lady BYU fan push a Gonzaga fan down the stairs. Oh shit! At the <laughs> BYU game. <laughs> that's fucking dude cool. it was nuts <laughs> oh my god that's dude cool. the byu fans were such assholes like they were so into it yeah, yeah for real i've been uh I, I haven't been for years but i used to go to i don't even watch sports other than like mma anymore i think it's just a getting old thing yeah it might be a recovery thing your personality just changed i don't know but i used to go to the uh utah home games and man when we play byu them BYU, yeah, them BYU fans. They wouldn't, not really intimidate. Like, I, I challenged one to go outside once just because the <laughs> shit they was talking, you know. Like, it was one of those years that BYU had beat fo- uh, Utah in, in football. Uh-huh. And they beat us on our home court in basketball. And these motherfuckers are chanting just like football. And I was like, oh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a weird. Mormons a- are very nice people except when it comes to their sports. They yeah, it's a weird dynamic. Yeah. Except the football. I went to, uh, I did, when Amanda and I first moved here, we'd been living here for like a week and BYU played Utah. And that is a fun rivalry. So we were like, we got to check this out. So we went to the game and I was hearing the trash talk and it was like really one-sided. It was the Utah fans uh-huh. talking trash. Oh, at the game? And the BYU fans were just like... They didn't know what to say. Like, they were just freezing. The online... It was so funny. The online shit leading up to that will be pretty good. Um, they canceled that rivalry. When Utah went Pac-12, they 
they just didn't play it for a few years because it got too heated, too too much physical violence and shit. They were just like, we're gonna chill this out, and it was like it was like sacrilege to all of us. It's like <laughs> that's one of the better football rivalries in the country. I'm not gonna say yeah. it's top five, but if you were to make a, it wouldn't make the list. I don't think, but if you were to make a list of like top. 10, 20 football, it'd have to be on that list. Really? It's more than 100 years old. It's, so, yeah, you're from here, so, like, it's ingrained. Yeah, and it's, such, like, it's kind of a religious thing, but it's also, like, because there are Mormons who went to Utah that yeah. went to Utah. There's even an occasional non-Mormon. That, I, I'll tell you this shit. When I was cripping, I don't even like to I shouldn't. Say, I don't even like to say anything about my affiliation, but it ain't the specific game. But when I was cripping, um, we would wear BYU hats because that was the blue shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and like you had like Methodists out there in BYU hats cripping because it was like and a lot of Crips <laughs> was Mormon too, but the the Polynesians and shit. But yeah, we were BYU. That is a weird dynamic of, of these like Polynesian like gang members who go yo, to church. Oh yo yo man, I'm gonna say too much shit. Like good because there ain't no statute of limitations on. I know straight up killers who like fucking active members of the church like they ain't killing people no more but yeah yeah more, like real killers and shit that allegedly because I don't want to get like yeah yeah, yeah yeah um I don't want to answer no questions from when I was a teenager and shit but no I know motherfuckers who kill people who are yeah the, yeah I've seen the wrong motherfucker go to prison <laughs> yeah this one motherfucker got talked into uh cause he was a juvenile you take the blame cause uh-huh. they, because you get a lighter sentence. They, you know, when they thought they put him in a juvenile, so they certified that motherfucker as an adult. He did 20 years. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then I worked with his fucking cousin, and uh, he's, I was like, yo, man, he, you know he didn't do that. He's like, yeah, none of the motherfuckers came to visit him the whole time he was in there. I was like, oh, shit. And I wasn't part of that shit that happened, but uh-huh. I was part of the same gang, so I knew the details. Dude, that's wild. So that was one of the questions I was going to ask. I was like, so you were actually in a gang? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to say your affiliation. No, it's it's still active. It's still oh, okay. It's still an, it's a, and it's nation. I'm so not, it's still... Cause like, I, Crips, I had this Crips are not a gang. More Crips kill Crips than any other. Yeah. Than, like more Crips die by Crips than die yeah, by yeah. Bloods. But it... it But it's a, it's a gang that has national reaches. Like I'm not... Yeah. Plus I don't want to like... I was in a rap group back in the day that got like underground national radio play and uh-huh. we weren't trying to glorify shit and I never said the gang name but you would talk that it was gangster rap and you would talk some of that shit and to us it was like showing the dark well to me not to my partner but it was like kind of showing the part of it's entertainment part of it's this hey this ain't a good thing but like one of the marketing strategies we had cause like the way we blew up locally was we would talk about the neighborhoods here. Uh-huh. And, but there were certain neighborhoods that like Glendale, no biggie, but like Midvale, the fucking crime rate went up when one of our songs dropped. It was called Glendale to Midvale. And like murders went up and like gang affiliated <laughs> shit. And I was like, I felt horrible. I was like, oh shit. And I don't know if it was coincidence. Yeah, yeah. But it's like. I hope it was. That's yeah, I do too. It, no, but, I hope you did it. Actually, that'd be funnier. <laughs> it is funnier from a comedy perspective. <laughs> that is a funny but, thing. To do. Yeah, it was. It was like. Uh, yeah, the, the, I don't even know if I'd say the name if they weren't still if it wasn't still. But the, yeah, they've been recoded before, so I ain't, I ain't saying this shit. Dude, that's crazy. Because like I still like I have this perception that like 
if there were gangs in Utah that like that was like 15, 20 years ago, but it's still going on. Yeah, I don't know how deep. Like, see, I'm not in touch with. Yeah, yeah. I'll still see the graffiti and shit. But one thing they did finally learn here was to take down graffiti the minute it goes up. Because that's like the fucking newspaper. Like, that's where you put death threats. That's where, like, sometimes you know who's going to die by who's crossed out on the wall. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's just... And it escalates shit. Like, I, we, we tagged the neighborhood one night and this, these cats crossed us out. And, like, um, I wasn't super high ranking. But this particular night, I, I was like... There's not real ranks like the military. Uh-huh. But um, it's like I had more... I had more cred than like uh any anyway this one cat that was there that was lower ranking than me he was like hey i know who that motherfucker is i know where he lives let's go get the shotguns now i did not want to kill nobody over they crossed us out on a wall it was a it was on a, a bathroom in a park is uh i think it's Sorensen park it's called something different now it might be but uh, again statute of limitations is up so i don't give a fuck but it was a cinder block <laughs> building but it had the old wood stalls in it uh-huh so uh, let's let's send them a warning first. Let's cross them out, put our shit back up, and then burn this motherfucker down because the cinder block will still be visible. Yeah, so we went in there, like lit up the toilet paper rolls next to the fucking wood, and uh, yeah, did that shit, and that was enough. Like, because I couldn't just be a bitch. I couldn't be like, we're not gonna do nothing about this. Yeah. And crossing them out wouldn't have been enough. So I was like, all right, yeah, let's let's send a real message. And then they didn't fuck around after that, but I didn't. Like, go back to that park for about a month or two, and they was like, they had construction going, rebuilding the bathroom. So I was like, oh, it must have worked. But yeah, we left before we even saw if it was on fire. So when they was rebuilding them, I was like, okay, that shit must have worked. So you you were born and raised in Glendale? Yeah. Okay. That's where Clayton moved when he first moved here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived in a shitty apartment in Glendale. Yeah. And he didn't know that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I made fun of him. Because I was like, dude, you're moving to Utah. It doesn't matter what neighborhood. I was like, it's all Utah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's like, anyway, it's like other people. Usually if you don't fuck with people, they ain't going to fuck with you. Yeah. Uh, if you're not a gang member, you're probably not going to be fucked with Unless you're going there too flamboyant. If you're trying to like wear a gold chain and drive a Ferrari down the street in Rose Park, or going, somebody's going to fuck with you. If not to take your shit, just to fuck with you. But they're probably going to take some shit from you at least if it's still anything like it was I'm so not tapped into that culture yeah. anymore I'm just like jeez yeah so moving here blew my mind uh, how many non-white people there were in Utah yeah that's the other cause like I was you have this impression that like Utah's all like it's just all Rice Krispie treats and white people yeah like that's that's what I thought and I moved here in the second I got here. Like, it just an Orem. I was like, oh, shit, there's way more brown people here than in Spokane. Yeah, I think where I grew up, is the majority is Mexican now. Like, oh, I believe like by that. Far, I've been, by far. By yeah, far. I mean, it was I've probably... Yeah. Was it always like that? When I was younger, I think white people might have been the biggest group, but it was it wouldn't have been anywhere near 50%. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, um, but I think it's over 50% Mexican. Now, there's... There's always a lot of Polynesians, but there's not a lot of Polynesians to begin with. So Utah got a high Polynesian by standards of other states. Yeah. 
the black population here is kind of low, but what people don't realize is there's still, like, we did a black show last month. Um, it was, like, all black comics and me. And <laughs> so, pretty much a black show. And um, they, like, that motherfucker was sold out. It was, like, it was a, it was a Club 90, but it was a... Really? Oh, yeah, it was an Aaron the, Wesley show. Yeah, and they had a separate room, though. And yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Amanda did one of Aaron's shows. Yeah, did she do the downstairs room? Because they got an upstairs room. We're in the downstairs room. It was the downstairs room. Yeah, there was, and it's the one where I usually play the poker. And, uh, yeah, yeah, same room. Yeah, they that motherfucker was so cool. They, they moved all a bunch of tables in there, but there were people who bought tickets that had to stand up the whole show. Really? That, I mean, the, yeah, so I mean, like I said, Utah got a low percentage of black people, but there's a community. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, doing comedy, it's way more fun to do comedy in front of not white people. Yeah, it is. Because, dude, I've never, I've never been lectured about a joke. That's true. By someone who's not a white chick. That's like I've only had white women. Is the I got mixed emotions on it because I used to like think okay, white crowds aren't as fun, but it's kind of a double edged sword because um, the type of shit like white crowds are fun for me, uh, but a lot of times the dudes who are really way too into it are older than me and and they got some views that like maybe if I say some shit that is racist or homophobic or or that can be interpreted that way, uh-huh. they really feel that way. And it's some of them, and it's like, oh no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Billy Bob. I wasn't trying to reinforce what you, you know. It's, yeah. it's like I'm making fun of this shit, but in the end, I don't give a fuck. If you laugh, you laugh. I'm just trying to be, you know. What That's I mean? the thing. All the jokes come from like a place of. All jokes come from the same place, usually. Usually, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like they're usually not coming from a place of hate. No, you, if a joke is coming from a place of hate, it's really hard to make it work, and, and people don't understand. It's not going to work. It's not. It's no, unless it, you unless you're in a, a rally. fucking clan yeah. rally. Yeah. <laughs> then it's going to kill. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you can't deliver a joke from a place. And it's, it is interesting. I mean, people know this anyway, but it's interesting. Like, there are certain jokes um, that if I do them, it's like, please let a black person be here. Yeah. So that the white people can see them laughing and know it's okay to laugh. So I have a joke that I've done about the NFL, about uh, how they paint in the end zones and racism. Yeah, and dude. I, I, yeah, <laughs> that's a good joke. Homie. I do a that's joke a about joke. how that's retarded. And every time there's a black person in the audience, I'm like, this is going to do good. Yeah. Like, But if it's all, if especially if I do it in Provo. If I do it in Provo and it's all white people, it's gonna bomb so hard Dude, every time. I love I love just watching the racial dynamics on stage too. There's certain like okay yeah, there's shit that the black audience is cool because they're not gonna laugh if it's not funny. Yeah. Um, but like there's there's downsides to everything. Like and we're dealing in stereotypes, but fuck it, stereotypes are there for re- like Polynesians, black folks. Some of the gay material that I do. Especially when I imply that I might be gay. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's not good. Don't go over well, <laughs> homie. Like Mexicans can be like that to a degree too, but it, oh, it, it depends. Oh, for sure. Yeah, dude. But, I, <laughs> dude, when I lived in Guatemala, I saw gay dudes get rocks thrown at them. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh yeah, I know in Mexico it's like some yeah, but fucking 
Yeah, it's it's just it's weird. Sometimes I, like the 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 show we just did at Club Ninety, I knew there were jokes that I probably shouldn't do to a black, but there is also a gay black community, and uh, I knew some of them were there. But when I did the gay material, where people are like, "Oh shit, is he gay?" That's the only <laughs> motherfuckers laughing until I deliver a punchline that they go, "Okay, maybe he's not," you know. And I never let them in by the end, yeah, because I want to do that joke about not having labels and and I couldn't get the whole I only got half the audience to cheer but I find, talk about growing up and different things and this label and that label. it basically goes from being straight to bi curious to bi and when I finally had sex with a man like that better suddenly I was getting I'm like can I just get a round of applause if I can just be human and I only got half that crowd to clap but then the, <laughs> the first sign goes thank you because I don't understand why dude yeah well, every time the first time I saw that joke, yeah just because like, he didn't want me to yeah, have I was like yeah just because he didn't want me to fucking <laughs> whack out be a rapist and it's like I want to deliver that because if you deliver that early it could kill the whole scene yeah. and I've done that but there's two more tags to that joke that go into pedophilia and necrophilia that I usually don't even do and it's it's, it's by far my worst fucking but I love it. Yeah, dude. No, what I've I've noticed people in Utah are a lot. The white people I met, it's just maybe it's a Provo thing because Provo is not the same as Salt Lake. You Provo white people are but next level shit. They are really weird about race stuff. Like, so I can't do any jokes that like touch anything racial. Yeah, which is like. If they're really weird about the race jokes, I know that they're also really weird around black people. That's what, yeah. that's what I've learned. Like, and sometimes it's just blatant shit too. Like, it's everywhere in, in, in any part of the nation, but like in Utah County, sometimes shit is just. Like, Springville is a real cool, laid back city, and we lived there for a while. But my wife at the time was Asian, and then um, I look how I look, and like people like sometimes they're like, "What's the mix?" or they're like. Oh, this white trash motherfucker! And I'm tattooed up, uh-huh. and but we had next door neighbors that like, as soon as we would come in the yard, they'd go in the inside and like, and we try to say hi, and they would the, the lady would only talk to my wife if the husband wasn't there, and my wife wasn't getting it. She was just like, "What?" I was like, "Cause you dark and I look how I look and talk how I like, you dark and I'm probably white trash to them, or they or I'm some mixed to them." And it was it was fucking wild. It was just. He was not going to give us a chance. Really? <laughs> and I am dirt. Like, I'm scum. He's probably right about me, but... <laughs> yeah, my wife was raised in Springville, though. It was like, what the... F- yeah. yeah. Like, now the people are weird. Uh, if, like... I don't know. Like, if you have a black friend who can't swim and you don't make fun of them... You have to make fun of them. I think you're racist. You got, if you yeah. don't make fun of them, you're well, racist. Somebody, <laughs> yes, when somebody fits a stereotype, it has to be pointed out. Yeah, you have you to... You have to hack on Well, and that's like... That's how, like, you bond with people of, like, different races. You kind of shit on each other and make jokes. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how... That's that's, just, that's how you become genuine friends. That's because, dudes in general, but yeah, man, I but yeah, black dudes. The black dudes that I've hung out with, we hacked on each other worse than and like that's like next level shit. Yeah, it's constant. And Polynesians too, Polynesians. dude. Polys are so funny. But it's usually the Polys that grew up in black neighborhoods. Dude, I miss uh, that open mic at Rakava. Because uh, well, are they still doing that at all or? Dude, I'll tell you off air. Um, okay. But Moana, such a good hang. And that dude yeah, was so funny. Show. He was so funny. 
Like, dude, I would hang out there sometimes on... He said I could come by any time and do comedy. So I'd come, like, on a Thursday night and just show up and he'd hand me the microphone yeah. and I'd do a set. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, I would just sit there and listen to the dude talk for, like, all yeah, night. And he was so funny. Yeah, so funny. If he just did some ABC punch, you know, <laughs> set up punchline tag type of shit, he would. Dude, play. he would kill if yeah, he, he did would. comedy. And it's funny. Yeah, he's so. Yeah, I feel the same way. But he, with me and him, sometimes I stay there way too late, really early in the morning, just talk. And it's how cool he was, though. Like, because he's much younger than me. He's not as far removed. Yeah. From, we from rival gangs. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we cool. <laughs> yeah, like we would talk about that shit because it's funny. To, uh, you know, yeah, because like, I knew he was. Uh, he was in that. He also he played football at the U. Did I know that? I might have known that, but yeah, he got in like a in an accident that like ended his football. Oh career. yeah, 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 yeah. But the dude like cause he's kind of skinny now, but the dude was like two hundred and sixty pounds, like just jacked. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, are there more? Let's get yeah. We do. We are talking too much. My bad, bro. No, dude. This is uh, this is really good stuff. Actually, this is. Let's get fired. Let's talk some real shit, dude. Here's a question that your employer won't want to know. Okay. Have you ever sucked dick for dope? No. <laughs> I have not. Andy Gold got a real good routine about that though, like, because that is a steer, and I will make uh-huh. jokes about that because it's funny, but it's like, Andy's like. Nobody got in a dope game trying to get a blowjob from this guy. Like, <laughs> women can suck dick for dope, but unless you're a drug dealer's gay, even then, it's too easy to get your dick sucked. Dudes will suck your dick without needing dope. Dude. Uh, all right, so the next question here. Uh, I, I, the question I have is ask if you're in a gang. Ask if you ever robbed anyone. Because these are just all fun questions for HR to hear. <laughs> but, uh, we robbed like, uh, the 7-Up company one time. Like, really like one of the trucks or no it was the whole it was is in glendale it was the seven up bottling company and so we uh what we did is we we um when then we we stole a bunch of stereos out the trucks because this is back in the days of cassette players and just shit. crazy we stole a bunch of stereos, stereos out the trucks and then we um stole a, a ton of, of the sodas and shit but we moved them to this field by another company, and then we cut the lock on a, on the other company and cut holes in the fence so that we wouldn't be because we this is before most places had cameras, but uh-huh. we just didn't want to be even witness type of shit. So then we hauled all the shit through these fields through the fences we cut holes in and loaded them into the trunk of my car, and it was like uh, I don't know I want to say at least three hundred cans of pop. But and a bunch of stereos, and, but then we tagged a rival gang all over on the inside <laughs> to throw them off. And like, that's so funny. Does, like, that, does that shit work? Or is I we always assumed it did. I mean, I didn't get, the next morning, my pops was uh, driving me to football practice, and there was cops all over, like all out in front of it, like lights on and shit. I was like, okay, fuck. And uh, and and then um, when the school year started. Um, and over the summer, I, I, I did a lot of shit, but we broke it into like just a fucking soda machine and taking uh-huh. all the money and the soda out of that. And the, the, um, I got caught. And but the, so this is what happened because the police are, and I'm just like, fuck it, no confession, no case. Because uh-huh. they'll lie and say they had witnesses or your homies told on you, blah, blah, blah. But they're like, no, man, we've been hearing from people you was handing out soda and bragging about this shit. And I'm like, I'm brag about no chump and then I was like oh shit we was handing out six packs of soda that we stole from the 7-Up company 
and uh, like the the vending machine that's a misdemeanor uh-huh. the shit we did at the 7-Up company was a felony so I just I was like yeah you're right I was lying I, I confessed because I because <laughs> my mind and I was probably if he started asking too many questions he'd start linking we it. wasn't like bragging to people but homies knew and homies tell other homies yeah and it eventually gets outside of the little crew you know and it's like yeah so I was like if he keep asking questions it's gonna come up to no we robbed a 7-Up company because nobody knew we did the vending machine yeah. So I was like, yeah, I did rob that vending machine. We was bragging about it. And so I had to pay back like $50 in cash and like $75 worth of soda or some shit. But it was like, but yeah, I, I confessed to that one because like, shit, they're going to get me for a felony. Because we, we also fucked up some of the vehicles and there was another company that there was a car we wanted to stereo. Uh-huh. And, uh, but when we first went there, it was daylight. We were stupid. We went back at night, but we were throwing rocks at this car window from behind the fence trying to break it. Uh-huh. and dented up the whole fucking car missing the window like, <laughs> so finally one of the dudes I was with just went in and just busted the window and then we stole that stereo in broad daylight but then we came back and stole the stereos out the trucks and I mean we did thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage we didn't have to do so like, dude how so growing up like in Glendale how did it like start like how did you like get involved in that like gang shit yeah like fear fear like, do you just get invited to it just because you live there, or like what? No, and I, I don't, I don't know. I, when I hear about gangs recruiting people, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you even?" Yeah, I remember that, but motherfuckers trying to get in and be like, "Bitch, no, we don't want you." Like, yeah. Oh, uh, like gang housing, we never jumped anybody in unless they was like, if they was okay, we got to jump you in because then this motherfucker's going to back out if we knew he was soft. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was, it was, you tired of getting fucked by gangs your whole life growing up, you know. Uh, the gang I eventually joined, man, uh, they used to fuck with me sometimes. Dude, I'm so soft. I'd get, dude, I'd get. <laughs> I, no, I, mean, like, I was not hard, man. Like, all of us actually, 95% of gang members are scared as fuck, but. You yeah. join a gang because you scared as fuck. And you act hard because you want people to think you're going to hurt them before they hurt you. Yeah. But really, there's only... It's got to be somewhere between 1% and 5% that are really hard and really enjoy that shit. You know? So Dude, some people, it's all... What they, a crazy existence to be the person who enjoys that. Mm-hmm. That's well, like... I know <laughs> some motherfuckers who were like that, and there's probably a higher percentage... In the crew I was running with, but I, I think a lot of it too is it's just, it's just, it's going to be a crazy thing to say, but like the high school I went to was the bad high school. They closed it down while I was there. Uh-huh. And there was a, like a lot of sense of community pride. Like we was the, we was the poor kids, you know, it was like South High and gang members shot up the summer after that. And, I, and that's when I joined and I know it has something to do with that, but it was, Part of it was just like I have this. All of a sudden, I become real friendly with some of these dudes that some of these other dudes used to fuck with me. You yeah, know? and uh, it's like, and plus, it was just like the hardest gang at that time. It was like, uh, and and there was another aspect to it too, because like, okay, a lot of these gangs that fuck with me way worse that, and these just dudes that there was a disagreement and so they wanted to kick my ass. It wasn't a gang thing and now I'm running from their older brothers and shit. But 
like the gangs that really fuck with me growing up or stole shit from me or broke into our house or whatever. It's like, okay, now I get to fuck with these motherfuckers and what you gonna do about it. Yeah. And it wasn't even the same dudes, but it was like, okay, fuck them. Yeah, it was, it's, it's just a fucked up sick mindset. Like, but it ain't like anybody who grew up in that situation gonna end up like that. It ain't. Really? I'm not anybody. I guess there's a lot of dudes who didn't, but it, it's, you either, you either grow up running or you, you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. It's a socioeconomic... Well, I don't know what you mean. I grew up in, like, a <laughs> suburb in well, Spokane. The thing, so. If I grew up in a suburb in Spokane, I would have had your experience. Yeah. If you grew up in Glendale, you yeah. would have had mine. It's just... It's not... Yeah, it's... I say it's like a sick mindset, but it's really not, for the most part, the part of the people that's there. It's just where yeah. you grew up. Yeah. But yeah, there's, like, no... Uh, Gangs. And sp- I mean, I'm, I'm sounding like. How did I confuse? Spokane? I'm sounding. I'm sounding like an idiot. How did I confuse Spokane? With Spokane. Has, Spokane actually has like one of the highest crime rates in the country. Does it? Okay. And uh, Spokane is bad. As far as there being organized gangs, I don't know. Uh, there's just a lot of like, like meth is really big in Spokane. Like so, just like. Anywhere you go in downtown Spokane, you'll see people tweaking. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's it. But well, like organized gangs also too. organized the gangs aren't as organized as people think yeah, they are either. It's uh the Russians. Like we because in Spokane there's no black people. Uh-huh. There's no Mexicans. There's no hey, them Russians don't so, fuck around. That's like some real organized. So like shit. Russians do shit in Spokane. Now, like, I don't know if they're still very prevalent, but, like, when I was a kid, it was 100% okay to be openly racist towards Russians. Yeah. Because in Spokane, it was the stereotype. Russians commit all the crime. They steal all the cars. Because the motherfuckers do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did I feel bad? One of my best friends in elementary school, he was Russian, like, fresh off... Like fresh from Russia, like yeah, barely spoken English. I almost said we used to call motherfuckers Bob <laughs> FOB, fresh off the boat. I almost said that, but I was like, I don't know if Russians take a boat to get here or not. Yeah, they probably but, fresh <laughs> off the plane. But uh, no, dude, he, yeah, he did barely spoke English, and we were like, well, fucking we were tired. Take a boat to get here. Fob ass motherfucker. But yeah, dude, Russians. There's a lot of like in Spokane, you'll see like Russian churches, and they have like all the signs are in Russian, and yeah. there's a. You go to the mall and there's like a Russian newspaper stand at the mall and stuff. La Habra, California. I used to call that West Korea because fucking half the signs were in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> it's because those places like have the Korea town and shit. But yeah, no, Washington is like, Washington has to be the whitest place in the country. I'm, you think? Why did Or you Vermont. Oh, Vermont is pretty good. <laughs> or yeah, Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. But well, I knew some dudes from Eastern Washington that came to play for the U. Uh-huh. Big, big cornfield white boy type. And yeah. when I was working with it, it's like, it was, it was on a graveyard shift. And all colleges cheat. If you're in Division One. people don't realize that. But one of the ways that uh, the U would cheat at the time was they'd give these dudes, the boosters would get them a job. Well, my boss, uh-huh. one of my bosses was a big U booster, so he and he was also working for, so he gave him a job on the graveyard shift. And I was the shift lead, but I couldn't tell these motherfuckers shit because their deal was you just come hang out and play cards all night. This is how we pay you to play football. Yeah. But they would talk about growing up racist and never seeing a black person in person until they came to Salt Lake and the, the locals telling them, oh, he's going to rape you in your ass and look out for them. Black. Like crazy. 
out the movie shit like people don't really believe that yeah, like, that's crazy. Dudes, like, yeah I was so well, scared of black people when I came growing days. up in Spokane so Spokane's like very white but uh, we're 30 minutes away from the Idaho border yeah and so when I was a kid they had like Nazi compounds yeah yeah, that's, yeah that, that's, this border. is that time this is the 90s yeah. eastern Washington and northern Idaho was yeah. known for that and shit the, yeah, since then, like, I haven't heard about the Nazi shit since I was, like, a kid. I think they got rid of it all. Like, all the... There was a Nazi compound on Lake Coeur d'Alene in Idaho, and they got rid of that. But when I was a kid, yeah, we'd hear about that. I found out about it in school because, like, I saw a book about, like, fascism in the U.S. and saw a picture of these Nazis. Yeah. And then in the caption, it said, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I was like, what? That's, like, 30 minutes from where I live. I was like, no way. Like, That's it, crazy. Coeur d'Alene is beautiful, too. Dude, Coeur d'Alene is my favorite place in the world. Uh, if in some weird fantasy I can make it as a comic, and, like, I can just have a life where I'm flying out to gigs, oh, if I could do it from Coeur d'Alene... There's a comic. What's uh, the you know, Flathead Lake in Montana? Not oh, too yeah, far that's from nice. It. That's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Uh, you know Dan Cummins? Yeah. He lives in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He started in Spokane. I could do summers and springs in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Part of the fall. But Winters. It's too cold for me here. Yeah. Fuck that. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I, except this winter here. <laughs> this winter. What this, the fuck? This winter is like a Spokane winter for me. Yeah, it's like happy Easter, motherfucker. It's snowing like a bitch outside. I Yeah, holy shit. I'm just hoping to hold good through the weekend, the weather now. Now that it's half, halfway sunny. Yeah. Dude, so I have two more questions. Okay. All right. What's your favorite racial slur? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good ones. Um... <laughs> Yo, you're going to get taken. It's just because it's so funny, man. Tar Baby is the funniest one. Tar Baby? What's that Have one? Have you ever seen that? I never heard that. No, it's a skit on Saturday Night Live, the old ones, when it was good. Uh, it was Chevy Chase and Eddie Murphy. Uh-huh. And it's a word association game. They're doing a psychological test. Uh-huh. Eddie Murphy's applying for a job. And uh, and uh, um, Chevy Chase is, is reading them. Word ends and start out cat, dog. And eventually, black, white. And he starts going into racial slurs. And he, the Tar Baby is one of them that he used. It's just... <laughs> and then he talk, I've never heard that one. Yeah, and, and, and eventually, uh, do run out... Jesus Christ, was Richard... Now I'm going to look racist. I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy. One of the black dudes. <laughs> it might have been Richard Pryor, actually. That's all right. Eddie Murphy copied him. He missed Doesn't it. Doesn't help that they both have mustaches. Well, <laughs> Eddie Murphy used to directly rip off his style, and Eddie admitted that. So, no, it was. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I think it was prior. But because by the end, uh, he runs out of, of white racial so He's like honky, 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 and then. Uh, 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 Chevy Chase dropped an N-bomb on him and you, this, you could say that on national TV back then he just said honky honky and he's like dead honky and then Chevy Chase offered him the job for like triple the fucking wage <laughs> that's funny yeah. my favorite's always uh, Italian ones because Italian there's America. like there's like 20 different ones for Italian. Yeah, you're going to get kicked off of YouTube behind that tar baby shit <laughs> I'm posting this so we'll but, see yeah. And it ain't nothing. It's just the funniest sounding one to me. Like, uh, what was a there was some good Asian ones. It wasn't Pie Face that, that one, but yeah. I don't know. 
I like that for Italians, you can go Dago, Dago Guinea, Ginzo. Wab. I remember one when I was a kid. Like, that was like the there's ultimate. ten different ones for the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also got a lot of good, like, uh, they shit in, they insults for other people in Italian. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Man. I didn't know about, like, white racial slurs, like, for, like, white ethnic groups, like Italians and stuff, until mm-hmm. I, like visited my wife's family i didn't know what a po- uh, yo, i didn't know what a polack was until i went to no the east shit. coast i just remember my favorite no my favorite one is white patty white patty what's yeah that? it's it, it's not i haven't heard it since i was a kid in elementary school but yeah they call you white patty like shut up white patty <laughs> like, it just i don't know where the fuck it came from what but white patty that's the funniest one to me just because it's so it's the same thing as Tar Baby. It just sounds so fucking weird. It's off the wall. Yeah. All right. Last question. I close with this one every time. If there's one country you would wipe off the face of the earth with a nuke, which country would it be? <laughs> fucking United States. No, I'm just <laughs> Maybe if, if uh, I wasn't here and my friends have had... No. Um, holy shit. One country I would wipe off the face of the earth. Uh... I need to keep up with more shit politically. Is uh, Iran still pretty oppressive and homophobic? And yeah, but so is every other country around yeah, there. That's true. Dude, Iran used to be sick before the U.S. got involved. Like, uh, Iran, like, had, uh, like, if you look at, look, like, Google image, like, Iran, 1960s, like, women would, like, wear bikinis and stuff, and they yeah. were, like, very westernized. Oh, wow. Uh, but, like, the CIA put, like, a dictator in there and they were kind of fed up with it and so then like religious extremists took over the government that's how like the iran like hostage here's, here's the country i'll wipe off the face of the map if i had to i really wouldn't wipe off it but if i had to and you may yeah, you choose, have to you have to pick this right is now. the honest fucking truth all right ethically i would just say okay what got the smallest population and i'll do that one but if if all ethics is out the window, well, it wouldn't be all ethics out the window. Was, <laughs> Dude, we're killing a whole country. There's no. Uh, yeah, yeah, here. yeah, yeah. That and it would be Ukraine for real. <laughs> Just because I'm so sick of hearing the bullshit stand. It's like it's the same fucking shit. I don't give a fuck that this dude is a fucking ex comedian that is the president of the country. Like he got Nazi fucking ties. You, it's 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 not as simple as motherfuckers painted on either yeah, side. Yeah. It's like the the whole area they're going to war over are dude. This is the most fireable thing you're saying right now. <laughs> it's people who were they they had already voted to secede from Ukraine. Ukraine was actively bombing this region before Russia invaded. Yeah. It's like there were people who were trying to secede from Ukraine and rejoin Russia or be independent, depending on the region. Anyway, and Ukraine is fighting to keep some motherfuckers that don't want to be there. Russia's trying to. Fight to take some motherfuckers in that want to be part of their country anyway. Not all of them, but, but it's yeah. like, it's fucked up it's, on both. This stand, I just hate to stand with It's Ukrainian fucked up on both sides. It's like, you simple minded sheep motherfuckers. Like, no, when it, dude, whenever I see anyone. motherfuckers that wore masks during COVID, and I'm not a Republican, <laughs> but they was right about that shit. Like, no, it is weird that Republicans were right because <laughs> they. I'm like, yeah, I was like, I, I hated. The thing I hated worst about COVID. Was if I went into a store, because uh-huh. I hate Democrats too, and I am I am far to one side or the other, and it don't matter which side that is, but to me, they're the same fucking party with a few differences, 
and but I hated it if I went into a store if I opted to leave the mask off if I was feeling angry that day and was like fuck you what you gonna do because I didn't want to wear a mask uh-huh. people would assume I was Republican especially when I was out which, of state dude which is crazy if I was like in a state that was more balanced or was down in Nevada or something uh-huh. but people would assume I was Republican if I didn't wear the mask and if I did they would assume I was Democrat and I hated that shit yeah. I was like why is whether I wear this mask a political statement it's like this I just had other beliefs from Utah was to... a much better place because uh, Amanda and I moved here in 2021 yeah. where Utah was done with COVID by 2021 dude they were so like I said I sat out of open mics for 18 months because I didn't know why these guys opened after a month dude that's crazy. I'm listening to comedians on national podcasts bitch about how everything shut down and have to do the car honk shows and the the online shows and shit the Zoom shows and and then I find out Wise Guys has been open for the last 17 yeah, months. Dude, Amanda like, and I fuck? were in Washington the whole time, and we couldn't do anything. Yeah. Like, one year into COVID was when the club start, opened up again. Yeah. Yeah. I went 12 months without going on stage. And... Uh, I fought 18 following the worst bomb of <laughs> And you know how hard it is when you're new to get back on stage after you bomb. Yes. That's, like now it's that's like. That's the hardest thing. Now that it's like, oh. It off. Yeah, now if I bomb, it's like, there's one of two things happen. Either I, I already know why I bombed. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I probably knew what I wasn't supposed to do before I did it and that just confirmed it. Or if I don't know why I bombed, it's like, okay, now I'm going to learn something because. And then if I go back and watch the film enough and ask around, like, I'll figure out why I bombed. And it's like, okay, now I just learned something. It's like, it sounds cliche, but sometimes bombing is way more valuable than killing. Yeah. you learn a lot more. Sometimes. It, I like killing. I do. Because it's, it's like, a double-edged sword. Sometimes when I kill, I don't know why I killed. Mm-hmm. So I love killing and then But that could be just as... And then yeah, that's the, the thing. Because you can learn from killing. People don't know you can learn from killing. Why did I Absolutely kill? Absolutely learn from was killing. Was it just a butter audience? Because it could be that. Or was my delivery way... Sometimes I've thought my delivery... You watch the film, you pick out why they laughed at certain yeah. things. And then you replicate that next Sometimes time. I've thought my delivery was way better than it usually is because I felt comfortable. And I watched the film back and be like, oh, no, that crowd was just butter. My delivery, yeah. I was stuttering. and I didn't know I was tripping over words. I have a tendency to cut sentences short and not realize I'm doing it. And uh, But then there's other times that it's like, oh, yeah, I killed because I slowed way down. I took. Sometimes, you know, in yeah. the moment, you, you pause for an extra second and it's like, Oh, they got need a little more time to process yeah. that. One. I guess the one good thing from bombing, for me at least, is like I never want to feel that feeling again. Bombing is a double edged sword for me because you do learn a lot from it, but it usually takes me four or five actual paid shows to get my momentum and confidence back after. Yeah. That. So it is a double edged sword because it's like it hurt the confidence, but I, I've learned so much from some of my bombs, and and. Uh, I've only had two on-paid shows, and those hurt the worst, but it's still, I know exactly what I did wrong, and exactly, and uh, in both cases, I knew I was running, I thought I could get the audience back if the joke fell flat, uh-huh. and it was a matter of, no, the joke was so offensive for that audience that there was no coming back from it, and and that taught me, dude, like, that's dude. the words when the audience writes you off after, like, one joke, Yeah, I've had that, uh, I guess, oh, I'm going to share this. We're probably going to wrap it up here in a second. But, uh, dude, one of the worst bombs. I don't know if you saw my set last night. 
But I started off the joke saying I met a vet today by a vet. I mean, the kind that helps animals, not the homeless kind. Yeah, and I like that. that gets a good laugh. But I did that in North Idaho in front of like a bunch of Vietnam vets. And it bombed so hard. They booed. Really? And then they started chanting, USA, USA. <laughs> Like, I was going after the vets. Like He's a, like, no, it was a homeless joke. You and fuck. then I had to, but I had to double down. So I was like, oh, shit, no, I'm sorry. That never happens. People who leave the military never go homeless. I'm just, yeah, 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 I'm just full of shit. <laughs> and I'm sure that didn't work. And that did not work. You that did not work. Well, I, I feel blessed in the sense that my two, my two bombs that were on actual shows, they came halfway through the set, uh-huh. but it was... And both of them were like Karan Reddy made. He was there. He made fun of me after one of them because it was it was on one of the wise guys' son, and he's like, "Man, I've never seen somebody go from killing that hard to bombing that hard ever." <laughs> and I'd done the same thing a week before with a different joke. Both jokes I knew I shouldn't be, but I put them both in the middle of the set, thinking, uh-huh. "Okay, I'll get the crowd going with the shit I know is going to work, and then I'll drop this in here. And if it don't work, I'll recover." And I did it two weeks in a row, like one at a at a bar show. There was a crowd that didn't know me, but the Sunday special people know me, and even they were like, mm. "Yeah, that." And it was, it was. Oh it, no! The, the mistake on the second one, it was a penis joke, but it was one that I knew I had to deliver the wording perfectly. Uh huh. And I'd never even done it on an open mic, and I delivered as soon as it came out of my mouth. I knew I delivered the words wrong. Oh no! And and, does, and I, I should have been able to recover. Does from that, the Sunday special have a good crowd? Most of the time, sometimes it gets a little. Uh, they're they're usually pretty responsive, but they can be very honest too. Yeah. Like people will bomb on the Sunday special, and I I don't uh, I did I bombed on the Sunday special, but um, I I'd rather have, okay, like two Sunday specials ago, I absolutely murdered, and it was it was fun, but it was an easy fucking crowd. Last Sunday special, I I've, I did really well, but it wasn't the crowd response wasn't as good as the one before, but I was more proud of. I was more proud of that one than the one where I, I just murdered because it was a tough crowd actually yeah. and 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 my delivery was way better. It was like I felt like that was some of the best delivery of my life. And this is a crowd that was tempted the whole time and and more than a few comics had what I would call a bomb. Maybe they wouldn't you know what I mean? But it was like it was just it was a crowd that was tougher to get. And so I, I think I it's more fun to get a crowd did as tough, I think, than to just slay a crowd that is going to laugh at anything. Yeah. Thing you I do like the crowds that will laugh at anything, but that's... Oh, it's always fun. fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun for sure. That's why I was really excited for Skankfest last year, because I thought that's what it was going to be. No, uh, <laughs> it wasn't, was it? It was not at all. I had, a, I had a rough set. I did, I got thrown onto a show... So the booker texted me like five minutes before the show and said, hey, do you want to go on this show? And it was like on one of the main stages at the festival. And uh, I knew like it wasn't going to be like a ton of people. I mean, there was it was still filled the theater, but uh, I knew that one thing that sucked, you, you know, Big Jay Okerson. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was taping a special in the th- room next door. And so everyone who was in the room that I was in, they were there because they couldn't get, get into, into the Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So okay. they're all there because of that. I get there, but I'm like, I'm still on one of the main stages at Skankfest. So I'm yeah. like, I'm pumped. Yeah. Because like, they have a one room that's almost like an endless, it's not an open mic, but it's like, 
it's endless comedy all day. It's just a stand-up. From noon until 1 in the morning, they have stand-ups non-stop. There's no breaks. And uh, the comedian, there's no MC. The comedians just bring the next comic up. Right. So you go on and you got to remember who's the person after you because you bring them up. And then that just goes on for a cycle. And so, like, if you're a lower-level comic like myself... Uh, and there's a bunch of pros at Skankfest. Yeah. You don't really get opportunities on the main stage. Right. Most of your opportunities are in this room where they're just filtering out comedians nonstop. Yeah, I'm in fight. I don't care where they put me at Skankfest. <laughs> fucking. Ah, no, it's still yeah. it's a crazy. But you got on the main. So I get on the main stage and I'm like, holy shit. Then I get there and the stage manager takes me backstage and they're like, oh, you're Drew. Uh, you're emceeing. I'm like, oh, what shit. the fuck. <laughs> And then on the show is Aaron Berg. I don't, you'd like him a lot. I don't, you should look him up. Uh, Aaron Berg, Brian Holtzman, who's like a comedy store legend, and Josh Wolf. Uh-huh. And I'm like, fuck, I'm emceeing. And then I asked him how much time, and I'm like, 12 minutes. And Which I have 12 minutes, that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, I know you got 12, easy. But uh, I'm backstage, and... These like famous comics who I like him and all of, they start talking to me before the show. So I'm not able to mentally prepare a set. Yeah, I was going to say that would rattle me being thrown so, into MC and especially people yeah. on that level. I hear you're and doing this. The show's at noon. <sighs> and it's the second day of the festival. So everyone's like hella like hungover. Yeah, I've done two day shows though. I won't say that they were rough, but it it was harder yeah. to... This is the first show that day of the festival. Oh, man. It's the first show that day. And so everyone's like hungover from the night before. Because the festival is nonstop shows from noon until one in the morning. Yeah. Every day of the festival. Uh, so you're on that noon show, and I come out as the MC, and I'm... Like, I'm a pretty low-energy dude on stage. Yeah. So I, like, did things that were, like, that I've never done before. Like, I grabbed the mic and was like, what is up, Skankfest? <laughs> I, like, yeah. tried to build the energy. Uh, and then I'd go into my material and, uh, yeah, it was a rough set. I mean, there were some parts I got laughs. Like, it wasn't, like, the worst bombing ever, but just because, I don't because, think I've ever like, heard you say, what's up or how you doing? You don't usually do that, right? <coughs> no. Yeah, I've I just never. jump into my material. Yeah, I've never, like, when I'm emceeing something, I think, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to ask them how they're doing because I don't give a fuck. I, like, <laughs> are you going to laugh? I, and I, don't, I know that's what you're really asking when, how you yeah. doing. But, yeah, the most I'll do is, like, if I like if if I'm doing like an open mic, I'm emceeing that. It's like, are you ready to chuck some fury? It's like, yeah. okay, I can say that, and that'll be different, but it means the same thing. Yeah, I just thought every show would be like easy laughs because like Skankfest draws like the most hardcore comedy fans who like they want to yeah. hear crazy shit. And uh, no, it is still like some of the rooms were hard. Yeah, like I was, I was shocked I mean, that you the still had hardcore work, you had comedy fans it. too because they consume a lot of comedy. That is the thing. Yeah, and they like they, they have they a higher know, yeah they have a higher standard. Yeah, but I do remember that the, just doing when I first started doing paid shows. It was and then in the reverse because you're so used to having to work for it at open mics, and halfway through the set, realize cause scared to death you're gonna bomb, and halfway through the set realizing oh these motherfuckers paid to laugh they want to laugh it's not like yeah. pulling teeth but yeah then there's that next level that's hardcore comedy yeah, fans like they like, they consume they every podcast mm-hmm. they consume like and they're like they're big like they know who all these comics are like they know like 
they're like they know they have more of a knowledge of professional stand-ups than I do. And I do comedy. That's the thing. Like the fans who go to Skankfest, they can name you all the guys who like they're big fans of. They can name all the podcasts in New York and they they know everything about comedy. And so like it's yeah, I mean it's nice because like if you have good stuff, it's gonna kill. Yeah. And you're you call, also, it's, like, not censored. You can say whatever you want. I, like, told a dude he should kill himself, and I called him a faggot, and they laughed. Like, But, like, yeah. I can never do that at Wise Guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine how was... Keith would respond if <laughs> you I just tell think... someone, like, kill yeah, yourself, I, you faggot? I don't think, yeah. I've said <laughs> faggot on stage at Wise Guys a lot, but I mean... Yeah. I might say it soon. I have a bit I'm working on. But it's like I got carefully crafted. I think I think what Keith is is like. <coughs> there's certain words that if you say them, it better be you better get yeah. the fucking audience. Or maybe yeah. he's just never heard me say faggot. I don't know. I'll pitch it to you right now. Right. So I want to talk about. I have a friend who's gay, but he uses the word gay like how we did when I was in high school. Yeah, like oh that's yeah gay. yeah. And but so like one time I was hanging out with him and I was like, dude, uh, you want to go to the mall? I was like, I want to buy a new shirt. And he was like, nah, that's kind of gay. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, dude, you literally... Have you run that at open mic? I ran that once. Okay, because I've like, heard you do the bit. Like, dude, yeah, it's you good. literally had sex with men. And he was like, yeah, but not in a gay way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. good. And then I want to take that... Because that's a, a real friend of mine. Uh, but that's like that's kind of like my childhood friends are like that. And be like when I was a kid, like... We were progressive homophobes, if that makes sense. And this is what I want to say on stage. I've never said this part. Uh, and by progressive homophobes, I mean, like, if we saw someone calling a gay kid fag, we'd be like, hey, don't do that. But, like, we'd also have no problem calling our straight friends gay. You yeah. Know? Like, and, <laughs> yeah. And then I want to do, like, a premise where I'm like, it would be fun if there was a world where gay kids would bully each other, but they would call each other straight. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like what are you, straight? <laughs> like... Dude, you're so fucking hetero. <laughs> but I, I don't know how to word that, so I'm... Oh, this got legs, though. I'm just, yeah. I'm trying to work out one where it's... Um, it was the whole vegan shit I was talking about before, but, like, you know, going to lunch with a gay friend and uh, him ordering tofu and me asking, are you vegan? And him going, God, no, I'm not a fag. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny line. Well, I think I'm gonna wrap it up this there, was, dude. Geez, thanks for how doing long it. Did we go, man? Dude, we are an hour and forty-seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were coming up on two holes. Yeah. Shit. I hope it's as good as it felt. It might. No, be. it felt really good. Yeah. I think it would breeze through it. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, we're gonna get big, and in twenty years, we're gonna get canceled. <laughs> yeah. Someone's gonna dig this shit up on YouTube, dude. This this whole podcast. Did you hear they said Tarbin. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Dude, this whole podcast, I mean, the whole name, Let's Get Fired, it's for, like... Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's like, if you don't know what you're getting into when you come on this podcast, you're dumber than me. Because <laughs> I knew. All right. You're fired. <laughs>